Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, it was the right fit against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and boy, do we have a show for you today. The Giants are 1-0, preparing for the home opener, MetLife Stadium, Sunday, 1 p.m. kickoff against the Carolina Panthers. Old friend Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. The one-time, soon-to-be New York Giants head coach in Matt Rule, which never came to be. He is the coach of the Panthers. The Panthers were here last year. Lost to Joe Judge and the New York Giants in MetLife in quite a dominant performance by the Giants. We get the rematch on Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield against Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and the rest of the undefeated New York Giants. You know, it's kind of ironic that Ben McAdoo back in MetLife Stadium yet again he was with the Cowboys last year, and the Giants picked up their first W in week one since 2016. On today's show, the longest tenured Giant and the most famous Giant, I'd say that, league-wide, coming off quite a performance in week one for the both of them, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, together... The close friends, two leaders on this team, two guys that desperately want to win for the Giants this season because it impacts their future, not only here, but elsewhere. We sat down in the field house on Wednesday after practice. The three of us, there were times, I promise you, during the interview that I just sat back and watched the two of them go back and forth like they were two brothers arguing over who won the game in the driveway, whatever game that may have been. Wiffle ball, basketball, hopscotch, you name it. Saquon and Shep both going back and forth. It was great to have them. So I'm not going to take too much time here to give you an open other than to say, please enjoy this interview. We worked hard to put it together. Thanks to Dion Dargan of the Giants for closing the deal to get both guys to agree to it, especially this week. Saquon is the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, Shep had a big game, obviously. There's a lot of attention for the two of them, and we were able to make it happen for you, our audience, in All In. So I hope you really enjoy it. Without further ado, number 26, number 3, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. All right, joining me now 
from the 1-0 New York Giants, and these guys had a huge hand in what it went down on Sunday. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, appreciate you joining all in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, so, first things first, I thought of when I pitched the idea of you guys coming on together, you guys have learned the business of the NFL since you got here. To be able to stay together and be as close as you guys have gotten, how special is that for the two of you, football aside, but also just, look, guys get pulled apart. You're friends across all the leagues. You've been with guys. Do you guys kind of have a a greater appreciation for being able to be together at this point? Uh, Yeah, for sure, definitely. It's definitely special, like you said. Um, At any given moment, you know, teammates can be separated. You know, you could be on different teams and the reason why I say it's special is because our kids you know our kids get to grow up together uh, literally yesterday uh, we, were at, we were at my crib you know our little girls running around um, our family's hanging out we do a lot of family functions kids birthdays and um, that bond all started you know four or five years ago and uh, to be able to continue to be teammates and continue to be brothers uh, special and you know I, I'm, I'm really thankful for him and as, a, as a team and also a brother. Shep, you're, you're the, the longest tenure giant. You've seen guys come and go. Yes. But to have him here with you over the last couple of years, how, how, how has that been? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, even even in the offseason, yeah. I mean, we're, we got cribs that are pretty close to each other in proximity. So we're always with each other. Uh, like I said, the, the kids, they, <laughs> they love each other. They, that's, that's the friends. So like last night, just begging me, please, can we go to St. Clons and go see Jada and the baby? So uh, it, it's great. Like you said, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Uh, a lot of them really close friends. I mean, Odell, one of the main ones, uh, and a number of other guys. Uh, so it, it, it is special. Take me back to Sunday. Saquon, you, you haven't been a part of a, a week one win with this team until Sunday. Shep was the only one that was here back in 16. Uh Saquon, when you see Shep and that play that he made for the touchdown, I got to imagine that as much as thrill you got from your plays to see him do what he did, you were one of the first ones down there, right, when he went got in the end zone. What, what did you see from your perspective, and at what point did you see him open and head into the end zone? Um, yeah, I had a flare. Uh, obviously, I checked pass protection first, and I got out, and I look up, and I saw the ball was up. Uh, and I, I just saw three downfield, and I was like, go ahead, three, make a play. And he made a play. And, uh, yeah, you know, obviously coming off an injury and last year uh, and just seeing him get back on the field and, you know, how passionate he is and the energy he brings to this team, um, for him to go out there and make a play when he needs most uh, meant a lot to the team and really, you know, helped us come out with the win. And not even I think the biggest thing about Shep is just his energy, man. Every single day he's the same person in and out. Um, and you can you can truly feel the difference when he's on the field and when he's inside the huddle. So to see the, you know, how he had to get knocked down a little bit last year and how to grind through it and rehab and push himself every single day and to be here during some of his rehab process and then for him to go out there and make a big play for us um, was special. Shep, we, we know Saquon, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, if you didn't see that coming, I mean, uh, uh, maybe FedEx didn't. It seemed like they didn't put you out there. I said they could stay on the other side of the table now, right. FedEx. Um, but 
for you, from your perspective, you're out there blocking. I saw a couple different analytics sites really crediting your blocking. I mean, it's about time they realized. Even go back to Washington when Saquon had that one big run when you took out Josh Norman and my you know, first your, one. your blocking. That was the first touchdown. No, my first touchdown in the league. Wow, he, he didn't want to set That's it up. Yeah. Um, so when you see him hit that corner and not. You know, and outrun that angle. I mean, that guy, that defender had an angle on him. And maybe the last couple of years, maybe if, if you weren't at 100%, you wouldn't have gotten that, you know, past that guy. But when he gets past that, when you see it, I'm sure you've seen that replay. I don't remember what the perspective was from where you were on the field. How special was that for you to see him going? It, it was great. I mean, we had talked about it before the game and uh, told each other, you know, we're going to have to put, you know, put it all on our shoulders and uh, a number of other guys too, but um, you know, he a generational talent. I tell everybody that, and that was on full display. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I mean, that play specifically, you know, I, I know what he's capable of. I get to see it every day. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we don't really pay attention to the doubters or anything like that. We just, we just go to work every day. And uh, he hit that edge, and I knew he was going to get it going. You know, if it's not for an all-pro safety and Bayard being in the right spot, right. you know, that's that's the house. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, when, when you see, when you guys have watched film, Shep, I'll ask you, and I know, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's uncomfortable for the two of you to be talking about each other because that's the respect that you have for them, for each other. I personally have seen every one of Saquon's games since he's been in this league. I've seen the the highs of the highs and the lowest of the lows for him. I've never seen him play a better game than he did on Sunday. I don't know if you'll say that. I don't know if he agrees with that. But I saw a running back that took his game to another level. Do you agree with that? Or And why or why the not? The best game that I've seen him play? It, would I agree with that being the best game? Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say that was, you know, one of the top ones for sure, if not number one. I mean, the way he was hitting the hole violently, you know I mean? You, you even look at, like, pass pro stuff, like but an all-around game, yeah, I would say that was, I'd probably put that as my top. Did you feel that way, Saquon, as the game was moving on in terms of – you know, how you were feeling, how you were hitting the hole, or was it really just a continuation from what you've shown this summer? Uh, you smiling? Uh, like, you guys are going back and forth. Well, I think that's, what you that's my best game. Uh, no, I don't think that's my best no. game in my, in my career so far. Uh, me personally, I think the best game individually would have been Thursday night against Eagles my Eagles. rookie year. We didn't win that game. Okay. But I was just in a different, like, breaking tackles, all that, just a different different zone but um you know felt good to just see all the work that I put in um you know come to display uh, with the hard work with the O-line um you know offense everyone you know we we came out here we grinded uh and you know we got the one the one one we needed to win we wanted to go one and oh mentality this week and we got it done and that's the only thing that really matters I really don't really care about my individual performers or my accolades the only thing that matters is getting a win and now shifting our focus over to Carolina uh, take me inside. You guys talked about it after the game on Sunday. When you, you score the touchdown, Myrick scores the touchdown. I'm sure both of you guys look to the sideline. Uh, what did you see? Did you see Dave's put up the two right yeah. away? And Yeah, I saw Dave's put up the two. Um, he told us he was going for it. And we knew what the two-point play was going to be. I knew what the two-point play was going to be. 
And you know, I mean, we knew, we knew that before the game. I mean, he mm-hmm. he made it clear that he wasn't going to coach scared, and That's none true. of the coaches were going to coach scared. So um, I pretty much knew before before it happened that we were going to go for two. And uh, it just takes you in a different place as a player, like yeah. when you know you're. Your coach is sitting there the day before, letting you know, like if we're in that situation, what's going down, and right. you know, not even blink, put it up, you know, twos, we're going for it, and you kind of, there's nothing in your mind is like, okay, I can't let this guy down, you know, I can't let this team down, and you know, we all found a way to get it done. It just shows also like the trust that he has in us as a unit. I mean, you know, we got talented guys, but he he told us straight up, I trust you guys to get get those dirty yards, whatever we need for fourth and whatever short. Um, Players do. Yeah, two-point conversion, whatever it is. He tr- he has that trust in us, and that means a lot. I remember, Saquon, you said this the first day when we talked to you at the start of the offseason program. It was after the practice. You were uh, motioning. You were in the slot. You were all over the place, and you said – it's special to know that we can talk about things behind the scenes when we're breaking down the playbook, but then when we actually get out to the practice field and we run those plays, it's a big difference. Uh, and that's really carried through all the way through, right? I mean, we saw a play that the Chiefs ran and scored a touchdown on is very similar to that two-point conversion play that you guys had. I can't imagine that was in the playbook last year, and you've never, if it was, you guys wouldn't have run that play. How fun, what is the timing on that that kind of shovel pass from Daniel um, You know, in that situation? Is that the most important thing, the timing, or, or are you looking at other things? The most important part of that play is uh, the shift, the motion from Richie, you know, getting that guy out of there. Um, and then, you know, DJ timing it up and we'd be, on, we'd be in sync with each other uh, and find, find a hole and making the play work. Uh, that's, that's really when it comes down to is find, making the play work, find a way, uh, whether it's blocked up perfect, whether it's not, whatever you can do, find a way to get in the end zone, especially in that, um, in that situation. And just credit to Dave, credit to Calf, not only in that play, but just the creativity throughout the whole game. and. You know, it's week one, and, you know, we're just getting started. We, as players, got to do a better job, especially in the first half of executing and lining up better and giving ourselves an opportunity to go out there and, and, and put points on the board early in the game. Um, but, you know, like I said, shouts out to them with the creativity, and we got to keep approving on that. And when those plays are called, make sure we continue to execute them. All right, let's move forward to Sunday. You guys getting home. There's been talk since you've both been here about is there a home field advantage for this team and, you know, there's been some rough times for everybody in that building. Shep, you especially, last year, the last time you were in there. What's the energy going in on Sunday? You're going to see a team that, that you played last year, but they're different. Uh, you're going to see your buddy Baker. I know you, Saquon, I know you're uh, a fan of McCaffrey. You've been a fan of McCaffrey through the years. What's the mentality? What's the mindset going in For us, for the Sunday? mindset is I kind of said it uh, last week to the, when I had to talk to the press. And you know, Dave's been harping on it. It's continue to fall in love with the process. You know, don't don't get too caught up in overreactions. Um, don't get too caught up in anything else besides inside this building. Whether we won by 40, whether we lost by 40, you know, we had a great week of practice and we put ourselves in a great situation. And coming to Sunday, feeling confident. So we got to continue to do that. Um, and that's the only thing we can continue to focus on is within ourselves and in the in this building. And as far as home field advantage, that's something that we talked about as well. And uh, that's something that has to be built. And the number one way to do that is by is by winning games. I mean, that that's what we have to do. We've had some rough rough times in that stadium, and uh, you know we have to 
we have to really lock in, especially at home. We want to build that that uh, home field advantage field and uh, get the fans involved. And the number one way to do that is to execute and win. So that's that's our mind focus on uh, this week. You've been back in there for some stuff this summer, but will there be flashbacks for you going back to, to last year's game when you got hurt? Uh, no. I, I try to wipe that all the way out. You know, honestly, I don't really think about that type of stuff and unless <laughs> you guys bring it up in the in right. interviews and stuff like that. It's only natural to ask, yeah, though, yeah, right, yeah, going yeah. into this oh, week. For sure, for sure. But um, I'm going to be the same player that I've always been, and I'm going to play with passion and heart. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to I'm gonna put my best foot forward and um, try to execute uh, my, my personal uh, – my personal play and uh, do my job. All right, let's have some fun. You're both competitors. I remember the, the rock, paper, scissors and stuff on the golf course. <laughs> I'm Who's better? better? I'm better. But You're better than him? Me, he was better you, last year. Let me tell you something. This man takes lessons you don't take every lessons? day. And, and on top of that. I don't take lessons every day. He takes, he takes lessons every day or his coach will come out there and play it around with us and, and, tell, and tell him what to do. Is that fair? And your guy doesn't either? <laughs> and Kyle doesn't either? Barely. Sometimes. Uh, he was better sometimes. than me last year. I don't know how, but some way he found a way to get worse in golf. So. Yeah. Wow. As the, as the offseason went on, I progressively got worse. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but I shot, a, I shot a 80 for, I shot a 80 something for the first time. And then next thing you know, it was 105s all the way throughout the, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm better in golf. I'm better in ping pong. I'm better in basketball. Every tier two sport, I'm better at him than that. And he's not better than me at ping pong. We go back and forth at ping pong. I, I he, he refuses to come shoot on the basketball. I'm not a shooter though. Because I because I shoot better than he him. Should, but like we play when we play one on one, who won? All he listen. But the one on one basketball, I'm not a shooter. But like he, when I could drive and I could post up, he can't he beat me. All he does is post up and, and try to bully you. And I'm not trying to catch no elbow in my to my nose. I've had that happen a couple of times, so <laughs> I don't like to play him one on one. What other tier two sport are you better than? I mean, just like stuff that like if it was throwing darts, I'm gonna be better at that. I don't, I don't throw darts. Oh, I, don't it, throw I mean, like, is there anything that Shep does better than you? He's yes. a better wide receiver than me. Better wide receiver. Better wide receiver. Right. I catch better than him. I obviously run routes better than him. Yeah. I, uh, what else? He was better in golf to me, but I beat him. I, I got so much better. <laughs> Ping pong is like it's not, back and forth. It used to be back and forth. Now it's. No, it's, it's back and forth. No, it's not. Yeah, the last time we played, I won like 12 out of 14. And the time before that? It was like 7 6. Or it would be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Whoever the map now, is. Grant, Grant Haley told me an example of this. Grant Haley told me a couple of years ago that you're such a competitor, and so is he, that you guys had a college game night back at Penn State, yeah, and you guys got into a fight, and you didn't talk for two days? No, 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 no. He didn't talk to me for two days. Oh, okay. he's, 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 he's very petty. I'm not that petty. <laughs> um, but he thought I was cheating, and I really wasn't cheating. And uh, I was, Anna was on my team, and Em was on his team. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's like a... <laughs> He, he takes notes. I don't. What do I cheat? Saquon or Grant? Yeah. Saquon. What do I cheat in? Cheating a lot of stuff. Boy, that is, it's sad. Sometimes. I'm better in cards. Like what? What, what, game, what cards tunk. games do you play? You play Tunk. Cards is just straight luck. No, it's not. But I mean, Tunk. It like, is, but Tunk is like it, there, Tunk. There's some scheme, like just some right. some skill to it, and reading cards. He taught I'm, me how to play the game, though. Of course, he's gonna be better than me. 
Any I never even heard game. of that. I was game. better than you in Call of Duty when we used to be on Call of Duty. I, I was better you than you at first. And then, okay, then I, when I started playing, I got better. I knew we don't play no more, but when we got into that Call of Duty phase, I was <laughs> better than you in Call of Duty. What are you better than? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? That's I'm not. So football, Shep, as a uh, as a receiver, you you got that edge, but I'm faster Jeez. than him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stronger than him. Only thing he got on me is he can't do more pull-ups than me. No, he's 180 nope. something pounds. I'm 230 something pounds. Doesn't matter. You're I shouldn't be able to do pull-ups anymore. Pound for pound, he's so he's a very he's, like, he's really strong. I am the strongest no, he's not. No, you're not. On the team. No, you're not. No, you're not. Pound for pound. No, you're not. No, you're not. What Wellman didn't tell no, you that. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> now he don't. Are you now, saying you are? Now he want to go yeah. against what uh, Wellman. Pound for pound, pound for pound, I'm stronger. Than <laughs> if you just put your weight into it and put my weight into it, exactly. I deadlift. Obviously, I, I, I power clean more than you. I squat more than you. I, don't do I bench more than you. Push press. Any of the Olympic lifts or the the max effort lifts. I, I do it better than you and I'm stronger than you but obviously you're you weigh less than me but I'm so much ahead of you the weight doesn't really change <laughs> exactly so I That's would still the be pound for pound all around I am I am a strong he's more explosive person. in like the weight room like if I we have like than him. no you do not what was your what was your, oh, oh, actually, what was your, what was your vertical nah, you, you jump you may jump what was your vertical in the combine 41 and I was 41 and a half Mine may have been 41 and a half. You might have to, might have to check that out. I'll check that out. I'll come back to you tomorrow. I think it might have been a 41 and a half. Should have pulled my shorts thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is great. This is why I wanted you two together. Yeah. You guys delivering. Um, tell me, I, this is a question from, from my producer, uh, who's Paul Wood. So he's not here, obviously. Huge Giants fan. I don't know, Sad, I don't know if you remember this summer, you signed a, a girl's sign over here that was about her dog. She named her dog Barkley. Mm-hmm. That was his daughter. Oh, yeah. But um, his question to me, because we try to do some fun stuff, if there was a zombie apocalypse and the two of you were together, do you have two other teammates that you would want with you to know that you could kind of you would survive. The, Felice the, would be one for me. John Feliciano. John Feliciano, okay. he a dog. Um, I say DJ. DJ's obviously pretty smart. So. Because that would shatter the myth. People would not expect you to pick DJ and yeah. I pick DJ in a zombie yeah, apocalypse. He's a dog too. Yeah, DJ's so. a dog. I'm either going. I would go Felice on offense. I mean, all my linemen are dogs. And if I had to pick one from defense, I mean, Dex is probably one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So I would go Dex. Dex or Leo. Dex or Leo. Dex or Leo. Yeah. Yeah. Leo, we used to do the, last year I did the, the, if you're stranded on an island, who would you want? Everybody picked Leo first. Mm-hmm. Leo was just first. he could swim with fish. Yeah. Like, he could swim like a fish. <laughs> right. And like, he can like, yeah, he could do all that. So I would definitely pick Leo too. Uh, Listen, you guys are great. You gave me more time than I anticipated. I really appreciate it. Uh, final thing, you go into this game. Um, is it is it easy to put Sunday behind you? When did you put Sunday behind you? You seem like, Saquon, you put Sunday behind you when you walked to that podium inside yeah. Nissan Stadium. So for both of you to experience such a high on Sunday after all the lows that you've had um, as a team, not necessarily personally, how do you put it past you? It's How do you hard. learn? Just come to work in the next day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's week by week. It's a week by week season. Yeah. And you got to come in with that one and all mindset. And every single team is going to be different. Um, obviously, watching Carolina, you know, they, they, they're coming off a loss in the same situation we were in. They're, the 
Cleveland Browns kicker made it. Our kicker missed it. So, you know, they're hungry to get their first one in the season. So we know we know, um, we know Baker personally well. We know how competitive he is. Uh, and that's the only thing we could do is come in and shift the focus right away because you can't overreact too much to, to the good and you can't overreact to the bad. And this season is going to be filled with highs and lows, hopefully more highs and lows. And uh, we just got to just weather the storm and continue to trust and fall in love with the process. Yeah. If you, if you want that feeling again, then you have to put it to, to the side. I mean, you want to celebrate it, but it's a fine line on how long you do that. I mean, I feel like Sunday night, go ahead, enjoy it. But when we come back on that Monday, the, the focus has to shift. Um, because, like you said, this is any given Sunday. I mean, the teams that you call the worst, they could beat you. Everybody's good at this level. So, um, yeah, I feel like everybody's done a great job of that this week is uh, putting it behind us and our, our focus is shifting. Every, everybody waiting to see Dable dance again? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we keep that trend going. For real. <laughs> what was it, Biggie? Yeah, Biggie Smalls. Love B. Guys, much appreciated. Good luck on Sunday. Stay healthy. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys. Thanks, man. What are you better appreciate than that? I'm better than you. <laughs> okay, special thanks to Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard. Two guys have who have seen their highs and lows as Giants and have constantly chased their rookie season. Of course, Shep was with that crew, Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr., Snacks Harrison, Janoris Jenkins, Landon Collins, Victor Cruz. Back in 2016, he burst onto the scene, had a touchdown catch in his first game as a giant in Dallas, and that team went all the way to 11 wins and made it to the playoffs. Regardless of how that season is looked upon, that is how Sterling Shepard's career began here. And Saquon Barkley, in 2018, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Obviously, things did not go as planned the rest of the way for him. Injured in Daniel Jones' first career start and has been battling back ever since. As I said to him in the interview and to Sterling, I don't think I've I've seen Saquon run as hard and physical and determined as he did against the Tennessee Titans. So all of that added up to a win, and I hope you enjoyed their back and forth. To me, uh, that, that was one of our better if not the best interview we've had to this point, just the comfort level that they have between the two of each other. I kind of wish, even though we were in person, I kind of wish we had video of it uh, because if you could see their reactions to each other as they were talking about one another and then when they were jabbing each other back and forth, uh, it really was priceless. So thanks again to Saquon, to Shep, and... Uh, to the Giants for helping set that up today. I know it's a crazy week, so I do appreciate uh, being able to work that out during the media access period on Wednesday. Uh, So that's where we're at with that interview. I'm not sure we can measure up the rest of the year, but we will try. We said that last week when we got Joe Shane on Friday, and that was two days after getting Andrew Thomas. So we are rolling. I hope you guys are enjoying the shows And by our numbers, the numbers say you are. Uh, We had a great response to the post-game episode. Uh, So we plan on doing that again 
uh, this week, win or lose, to uh, get that quick podcast reaction update uh, out there. Uh, so hopefully you guys tune into that as well. Uh, let's get to the final drive. And before I do, I wanted to make another pitch. Please check out my Giants coverage on NorthJersey.com and across the USA Today Network. It's very important for us that you subscribe. Digital subscriptions are available. Check it out on Twitter, and I will put out the information. Go to NorthJersey.com and search for subscriptions. Could really use you taking advantage of the specials that we have going, and then... It'll help me moving forward, continue our coverage. Like I said, next month we are going to London. We will be in Jacksonville. We will be in Seattle. You will get everything and more that we've been able to produce with the New York Giants. So uh, if you can, please do. If you are not interested in the North Jersey local news that comes along with my Giants coverage, and you happen to live in Rockland or Westchester, go to Low HUD, subscribe there, and you will get my Giants coverage. If you live down in Jersey Shore and you read the Asbury Park Press, get a digital subscription for the Asbury Park Press, and you get my Giants coverage. My Central New Jersey, same thing. And if you happen to be a subscriber or you want to subscribe to your local Gannett paper nationally, you still get my Giants coverage. You can just come to our website, sign in with your digital subscription from those properties, and you will get my Giants coverage. So anywhere you subscribe, please do let me know. Hit me up on Twitter that you did subscribe, and we're going to try to work out, work something out over the next couple weeks to maybe have a couple subscribers come on the podcast uh, tell us their story as a Giants fan and what they're thinking, and they could ask me questions in terms of uh, the state of the team at that time. So, final drive. Here we go. Let's roll through it. Some are duplication, so I'll do my best. Red Chair QB. Chances we see Kayvon Thibodeau this week. Uh, I think right now it's a legit questionable, and when I say legit questionable, I think he has a good chance to be out there on Sunday. Now, I don't know what his reps will be, uh, but let's see how the next couple days go. Here's what I saw Wednesday. He went over to work with the training staff during individual drills. And one giveaway is that he had his helmet, but the guardian cap was on top of his helmet. Guardian cap is what they've been using in practice uh, for the positions that absorb the most contact uh, that goes back to training camp. That's league-wide. That's something in the NFL that's mandated now in practice. So if he was not going to have contact in practice, there's no reason to have a removable guardian cap on his helmet. That's number one. Number two, he went over with the training staff, and the initial reaction is when a player goes over with the training staff, they're not going to practice. Well, I watched Thibodeau for the entire time that he was out there. It was on the far field, so it was, I wasn't able to really uh, video anything. But what I will tell you is he started off uh, with short sprints, not at, not at 100%, not at full speed. But then he did agility drills. He was doing change of direction, uh, mock pass rushes. He was doing lateral quickness tests. 
And the more I watched, the more I realized this was something planned, that this was not he's just going to work with the training staff. And my guess is that since he wasn't doing any movement and mostly was stationary last week, even though he was a limited participant in practice and listed as doubtful for the game, you know, he and Aziz Ojolari essentially played patty cake during practice. This week, he has a knee brace on. So what I wondered after the fact is, was Thibodeau testing out the knee brace? And was he with the training staff trying to see how he would be able to react? Could he get to full speed with the knee brace? And the more I watched, the more I could see that he looked like he was getting more and more comfortable. And when that period ended, when the media viewing period ended and we were leaving, it looked to me like Thibodeau was leaving the training area and he was heading back onto the field. So just judging, and I'll have to do more reporting over the next couple days, my sense is that once he got the clearance with the knee brace, he felt like he was ready to go. He went over and practiced. Now, how many reps did Thibodeau take in practice? I'm not sure. But the fact that he was he was listed as limited, even though he was with the training staff for the viewing for most of the viewing period, I think tomorrow you're going to see more Thibodeau in individual drills. Now that he's getting used to the knee brace, does that mean he plays on Sunday? I'm not sure, but. I do think he's going to give himself a shot. I think he's ahead of Aziz Ojolari in terms of where Aziz is coming back from that calf. We all know calves are tricky. You push that calf too early, and now Aziz is out for another month, and that's not what they want. So I I think Aziz is more likely to be where Thibodeau is now, maybe next week uh, going into the Monday night game. You have an extra day to play with. That's when you see maybe Aziz, even though he's listed as limited in practice, I think there are two different situations with the two of those guys. So that's the answer for Red Chair, and I know I got some coming up, some questions. Isaac Medina, uh, props to you every week. Uh, You want to know about Kayvon Aziz. Hopefully that answers the question on that front. Uh, Let's go Scotty Richards. How do you think the defensive game plan changes this week going against another top back, Christian McCaffrey, but way different play style than Henry? More DBs, dime looks for covering CMC out of the backfield? I think that's absolutely what you're going to see. I think there's a chance the Giants want to get more speed on the field against McCaffrey. Now, you don't want to go completely sell out and just put DBs all over the field because you're still going to have to tackle Christian McCaffrey. But I do believe that you will see three and four safeties on the field at the same time. I think you may see a guy like Tony Jefferson playing in the box more. Uh, I don't believe you'll see Julian Love at corner because Aaron Robinson going out for an appendectomy. He's out for this week. I would I would expect Fabian Moreau, who's on the practice squad, but he's a veteran to get more of a look out there than Cordell Flott, a rookie. I think you have to be careful with the Carolina Panthers. Robbie Anderson had a good game in week one. Baker Mayfield's going to take some shots down the field. Uh, and DJ Moore is obviously a, a, another very good 
wide receiver for the Panthers. So I think you have to be careful. That's why I'd go Moreau. I would elevate him from the practice squad, get him out there. But to speak to your question, Scotty, I do think you're going to see more DBs and dime looks, especially for covering McCaffrey out of the backfield, especially with the way the Giants were exposed in the middle of the field with Tay Crowder and Austin Calistro, uh with Dontrell Hilliard scoring two touchdowns. Now, it may not all have been on Crowder and Calistro, but because they played very well against the run, especially Crowder, but... I think Wink Martindale will will have completely different packages this week for Carolina uh, than he did for Henry against Tennessee. All right, let's go to uh, Vlado. Cheers from Slovakia, Europe. Long time no see. (laughs) Well, Europe will see me in a couple weeks when we're in London. Uh, With the performance from X-Man, O'Shane Zimenez, and Jihad Ward, do you expect not to rush them on the field strategy with KT and Ojalari? And do I expect one of them in the game? I think Thibodeau has a better chance of being in the game. I don't think they'll put Thibodeau right away into the starting lineup. I think maybe they spot him a little bit, get him some pass rushes if possible, and then hopefully against Dallas, he's back to closer to 100%, and he's there, and he plays. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Uh, look, Zimenez and Ward played very well on opening day. Uh, I think they'll probably both be out there. But again, it wouldn't be surprising if Wink Martindale had some exotic looks out there, uh, moving guys around, trying to get more speed on the field against Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey. Frank Cortez wants to know, what's the deal with Tony and his snap count last week? Need answers why most explosive wide receiver wasn't on the field. Well, I thought Kadarius Tony had some good answers on Wednesday in the locker room. Uh, I watched the video. I was not there. I was taping this podcast with Sterling and with Saquon. Uh, but look, I think we're all surprised that Tony did not play as much as we expected. But it's not outrageous to watch what they did game plan wise and say maybe they wanted somebody in the slot who was going to be a good blocker and get in digging in that run game. And that's exactly what Saquon Barkley needed with Sterling Shepard out there. And David Sills was out there in the run game. And I I just think that, you know, would I want Kadarius Tony on the field? Absolutely. But as Kadarius said on Wednesday, and I thought he handled the questions pretty well, they win. It's kind of silly to say, why wasn't this guy out there? I think now with Wondell Robinson, I don't expect him to play this week. He's got a knee sprain. We'll see how quickly he can get back. But I think Tony will get more chances this week. But I think they identified what they needed to do against Tennessee, and in that second half, running the football, did not call for Kadarius Toney to be out there slamming his body the way Sterling Shepard does in the run game. Shepard's run-blocking grades from some of the sites that track that were outstanding, Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why. 
But again, I don't expect that to continue. At the end of week two, if we're still talking about Kadarius Toney having seven, eight snaps in a game, then clearly there's a bigger problem. But Giants fans always want to know, why are guys on scholarship? Why are guys out there? They're a first-round pick. Why, why do they always have to play if they're not producing? Well, Tony missed a lot of time in the summer, and I do also think that in this offense, you know, Sterling Shepard has flat out said, and there have been others as well, this offense is not an easy offense to run from a wide receiver position. There are a lot of checks at the line, a lot of one-word si- signals that – Guys have to know and guys have to be up to speed. And it's not to say that Kadarius Tony is slacking in any way because I have not been told that. I do not have that uh, take. But I do think that they need to have receivers on the field that trust the system, that they know when the certain play is called that they're going to make the right read and they're going to make the right play. And I think it was obvious last week that in the second half, the plays they went to, you know when they were going to, to Kadarius Tony, they had those plays scripted. That's what Those were Kadarius plays. They weren't just the plays within the offense. Now, the Giants have to get to that point where those plays are part of this offense. But they won the game, and they won the game with a certain style. And when your running back has nearly 200 yards of total offense... You move forward into week two and you say, okay, maybe this is the week that Kadarius Tony is going to be a big part of this offense in this passing game. But I do appreciate that question, Frank. Uh, Benji wants to know, in all seriousness, if Slayton and Galladay were making the same minimal contract, would Kenny be the healthy scratch rather than Darius? Would KG have even made the roster? Well, I don't know if KG would have made the roster. Uh, I don't know if that would have made a team more likely to make a deal for Kenny if he was at that salary that Darius ended up accepting as part of the pay cut. Because let's be honest, as as much as Kenny struggled last year, Galladay still has a couple pelts on the wall in this league. Now, they've been few and far between, and they've been too in- inconsistent. But Galladay has certainly done more in this league than Slayton has. So I, while I appreciate the question, uh, I, I think Galladay is going to have his moments And he had two catches on two targets, and it wasn't blowing up the game. But that's not who he is. And it would not surprise me to see a game where Kenny Galladay does get six, seven, eight targets in the right situation once teams start overplaying the other players on this team. You know, the way Saquon Barkley ran last week, teams have to put more people in the box. And that should help the Giants passing game, both intermediate and and down the field. So it'll be interesting to see if they can go vertical this week more than they did last week. D. Cowan wanted to know about Tony, too. I think I asked, uh, or at least I answered what the deal was. I I don't think they're using him as a decoy, uh, but I I do think maybe some of the time away this summer took away from his impact. Uh, Look, I I don't anticipate them benching Kadarius Tony. Uh, for the first half of the season. I don't think that's the point. I think the purpose was to run the plays that were working. They were trying to win a football game, and obviously it worked out thanks to Randy Bullock's field goal sailing wide left. You know, But also with that, look, there are many games where the Giants have lost games 
when that field goal splits the uprights. It was about time one went in their way, in their favor. I think the last one that went in their favor was Daniel Jones's first start down in Tampa. Uh, I believe it was Nick Falk down there that had the kick. It was either Fo- I'm sorry, it was either Falk or Matt Gay who had that kick down in um, in Tampa that day that the Giants ended up winning that game. So uh, I've been impressed with the way the Giants have tempered the enthusiasm. You heard Shep and Saquon talk about it. I thought Brian Dayball has done a great job from what I've understood in the locker room of talking to the guys on Monday and kind of resetting the stage this week and just realize the moment that's at hand. This team has not played well at home over the course of the last five years. Uh, So they need to give this crowd something worth cheering. And I think think that's what they'll do early on against Carolina. Uh, But if they're sitting there at one and one, it's really not going to matter what happened down in Tennessee. It's good that they got the win, but right now they've set themselves up for something even bigger this weekend. All right, last question, Chris Pearl. To what extent are wide receiver snaps related to run blocking ability and willingness? I think some of that has to do with the round, the run game. And you look at the way they ran the football. Look, I, I respect the talent of Kadarius Tony, and I don't say this lightly. I have no reason to think that he's not a willing blocker. But the reality is Sterling Shepard is one of the best blocking wide receivers I've seen covering this league for over 10 years. Now, there's also a problem with that. Sterling Shepard's toughness gets him in trouble. He's constantly scrapping. And, you know, one of the reasons why he's had some of his injuries and he's been banged up is because he only plays one way. He's just out there and he wants to scrap and claw, Uh, you know, former, uh, former Giants wide receivers coach now with the with the Bears, Tyke Tolbert. Um, I'm trying to think what he called him. Uh, you know, what he just talked about, he said if if we had a brawl, we'd want Shep right at the front, at front of the line. I mean, that's the toughness of Sterling Shepard. So if you're talking about playing Shep or Tony in that spot, you're playing Shepard. So I do think it does play into that. Uh, the bottom line is, though, given the talent, that Kadarius Tony has, you need to get the ball into his hands more. Uh, and I think the Giants will. I, I don't think it's something that they're trying to exclude from the offense, but I just think that they got to the point where they played the guys that they thought would get them across the finish line to win the football game. And thanks to Randy Bullock, they did. And I think uh, that's a mentality shift for the Giants is that, well, last year I believe that it was an inability to get Kadarius Toney into this offense. I think this year is just identifying what works for this offense and what plays do you want to run and make sure you get the most out of those players who are on the field to run those plays. It makes no sense whatsoever to have Kadarius Toney out there if you're going to run the football in certain situations and everyone knows that Kadarius Tony's not getting the ball, what what purpose is that for him? You want a guy who's going to get in there and maybe spring a block to, to get somebody free, and I think that's, uh, that's where you go from Sterling Shepard. But right now, Wondell Robinson being out, 
will likely thrust Kadarius Tony back in on maybe plays that aren't necessarily his bread and butter. So we'll have to see how he reacts. That does it, does it for this episode of All In. Again, I appreciate everyone and the responses to the show has been great. We got week two coming up. Thanks to Sterling Shepard. Thanks to Saquon Barkley. And to you, the fans, for responding on Twitter, sending in your questions for the final drive. We know you're all in. You know I'm all in. Giants, Carolina Panthers, Sunday. And make sure you check out our post-game podcast after the final gun on Sunday night. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.